sorry I don't love you A friends have grown accustomed to Cause with you is something isn't wrong Something isn't wrong Something isn't right I wish you could be happy sixth episode and for this episode i have bobby darling on and we are going to be talking about star wars the clone wars the animated series but first bobby how are you doing today i'm awesome how are you pretty good and i know this show is one that you get really excited about and with me just (laughs) having somewhat recently binge watched it it felt like a great topic for us to start off with. I know you'll probably be back on the podcast for more topics down the road, but this felt like one we could both really just geek out about right now. So when did you first watch The Clone Wars? Did you watch it as it was on, you know, Cartoon Network and that final season, I believe, dropped on Netflix? Or did you kind of do what I did and watched it all on Netflix later so you could watch it all right through? So I'd seen uh, several episodes kind of piecemeal over the years and always really thought it was good. And I I, I want to say I was uh, <clears throat> like downloading episodes just piecemeal occasionally too as well um, but that I didn't catch on TV. But I never actually watched the whole thing until uh, just this past year. I was uh, – I tore my rotator cuff at work, so I was off work for like eight months. So I just totally binged through the entire thing and, and – period of about a month I think (laughs) yeah yeah and I know once I saw it was all on Netflix I was like all right this is my project for you know like you said about a month or so and I think it it was definitely a little over a hundred episodes so it it was a lot to take in (laughs) (laughs) well yeah I mean it's it's like I think each episode is like 22 minutes, so it comes out to like a little over 30 hours of yeah. of just Star Wars magic. So <laughs> it's definitely for uh, not for the faint of heart to binge it, but I I had the best time. <laughs> yeah, as did I. And the thing is, I started watching Star Wars Rebels before I even watched this show or really knew all that much about it, and the main reason for that is you know Star Wars Rebels is on its third season and a kid I went to high school with he voices Ezra in it so that's how I got into that one and knew you know it was happening because I saw him tweet about it that he was going to be on the show so I got into that and then everyone was like oh you really need to watch the Clone Wars then if you're enjoying Rebels so that's what started it for me did you watch all of the Clone Wars first before Rebels even came on the air uh, I've I've only watched the first season of Rebels so far, um, okay. but yeah, I watched Clone Wars before Rebels. I was actually a little uh, reticent to get in with Rebels because it, 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 I don't hate, but <laughs> but it uh, it it does feel like a the tone is like slightly different, especially the first season. It's it's it feels like it's a little bit uh, aimed at a more youthful audience, um, right? But as it's gone along, it's gotten kind of darker, like this. This last season, you know, with um, Ahsoka returning and Darth Vader and everything, like it, it, it kind of started exploring some very adult territory that I really enjoyed. So, but yeah, I got I got into Clone Wars first. Yeah, so 
I obviously do things a little backwards sometimes, but you know, I think it worked out because I started watching this before this new season of Rebels aired, so it really filled in a lot of pieces for me, especially with Ahsoka's character because she's the only one who shows up in both so far. Hold hold on a second. So you were you were first exposed to Ahsoka on Rebels. Yes, I think she had made a brief appearance before I heard about Clone Wars. And, and you're like, who is this? Right. I, I was almost like, okay, uh, what's what's kind of going on here? So I went back, watched all of the Clone Wars as quickly as one can. And I really just sort of fell in love with this animated section of Star Wars that they have going on. Because obviously, with it being a TV show, you can give so much more information than just what we get in the movies like you know the force awakens it's like all right you have about two hours of information you can put in there but like you mentioned clone wars was just over 30 hours of star wars basically and i know the season didn't really finish how they wanted it to with this final season and i think that's why one just got dropped all on netflix on the same day and you know, I went to StarWars.com today just before we recorded, and I had no clue that they had a, t- a ton of Q&A videos with Dave Filoni, who did Clone Wars, and now he's doing Rebels. So I feel like I now have some more content to go check out because it's the Lost Missions Q&A. So I get the feeling it fills in some of those blanks that we were left with at the end. Yeah, that final season, the, you know, season six or whatever isn't really a season it's just called the lost missions and yeah there's there's actually a lot of supplemental material to it there's um there's some like unfinished episodes that are just like animatics that have been put together some of it they've culled together to turn into like a comic book series and there's a lot of actual like supplemental material based on the lost missions season and honestly that's my favorite season of uh the clone wars like i they go to such crazy, like dark territory and yeah. explore such adult themes. It's like, I, uh, man, I was just like, I just, I was actually kind of reviewing some of those episodes this week, knowing that the podcast was coming up and man, that, uh, they really, they really just nail some stuff there that I think that, uh, they kind of didn't hit on so well in the movies. I, I was just, I was blown away. The Lost Missions is awesome. Yeah, and I even watched that animated Clone Wars movie, even though it didn't really add too much to the show or anything. But I was like, all right, well, it's on Netflix, so I might as well watch that too. And like you said, that last season there was really good. And even though they didn't get to end it quite the way they wanted to, it's still, like you said, these darker themes. And it's amazing to me that this is a show that aired on Cartoon Network. I know. I I was thinking about the episode where, um, or the whole run of episodes where Fives, the clone trooper, is he's chasing down this conspiracy theory about the chips inside their head, which right. obviously wasn't a conspiracy theory. It was real. It was the chips that were implanted to enact Order 66. But it was such a great, like, well-done conspiracy thriller run of episodes. Like, it, it reminded me of, you know, some of these, like, kind of paranoia spy thriller, you know, movies, but just incredibly well done and and back to to your you know to your point about some of the you know adult things that aired on cartoon network when he gets when he dies he gets like blasted in the chest and kind of dies it's like i i was like oh my god <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> like kids watch this <laughs> 
yeah, it definitely felt like more of an adult animated show at certain points. And, you know, now Star Wars Rebels is on Disney XD. And, you know, even that sometimes I'm like, wait, do kids actually watch this? Or is that that show on the kids channel for the parents, really? You know what I mean? Well, it would. The thing is, the tone was very uneven. Like, I let me preface this by saying that, like the the Clone Wars uh, series, to me, and this is going to be blasphemous, but it's the definitive Star Wars to me. I, aside from Empire Strikes Back, um, I think that the Clone Wars really, you know, defines what what the Star Wars universe is about. You know, what the themes are, what the stakes are, um, in a way that you know I. I don't think that. Well, obviously the prequels did were just terrible. Sorry, but right. but but then you know even rewatching A New Hope recently, it's a, a really fun movie. It's great, but they didn't. They kind of did very broad strokes about what the Force was and what the stakes were, and and I think that they kind of retconned a lot of the story after the fact. Um, you know, and Empire Strikes Back is just a masterpiece, and everything you know subsequently has been defined by what they established in Empire Strikes Back, but. The Clone Wars, you know, just watching it from start to finish, you know, you <clears throat> everything is done such great service. Like, like you really develop empathy and compassion for these characters. Uh, you know, you really gr- you know grasp such a strong understanding of what the Force is about and the the hubris of the Jedi and and you know just I sound like such a geek right now. <laughs> but, That's the whole point of this. <laughs> but. But it's like, you know, I to me, like the Clone Wars is uh, if I if I wanted to explain to some person who had never seen Star Wars or heard of Star Wars before, I'd have them watch the Clone Wars because it it's so thoroughly, you know, goes through just what the Star Wars universe is supposed to be. And I'm, I don't know. I'm done gushing. <laughs> <laughs> no, I totally understand what you mean, because to me, I feel like this is a better prequel to Anakin becoming Darth Vader than the actual prequels were. And I mean, we don't see it happen, but it's like you can see in that sixth season, it is slowly but surely happening. And, you know, you get all of these little hints at things and it really is a bummer that they didn't get to finish it out because I think if they were able to do that and do all the way up to him becoming Darth Vader, it's like they could have just wiped out the prequel trilogy altogether with this series i totally agree i because like i always i always imagined you know most of the sith that we're exposed to in the movies in the clone wars um have uh kind of dual identities where they are darth this or darth that but they also are uh, a person so like right. you know <clears throat> count dooku is is count dooku but he's also darth tyrannus and then uh, Palpatine is Darth Sidious and they, they, they kind of have these like dual, you know, personalities. And it, what I, what I had always imagined even before they had done the, the prequel films was that Anakin had, you know, started descending to the dark side before he ever, you know, fell into the lava and, you know, got his whole body all messed up and turned into the Darth Vader that we know. And that right. he could have, he could have had like a, separate identity as Darth Vader even concurrently while he was Anakin Skywalker Jedi Knight and I I thought that would have been really compelling and and they kind of I think that they really bridged the gap well with yeah especially in the final season like Anakin's his demeanor is is starting to evolve into being more aggressive when he interrogates people he's starting to force choke people um when you see him fight with uh Barriss Offee the girl who tried to frame Ahsoka for murder 
Um, Boy, he just kicks her ass and pins her up against the trees in the force choke. And you're just like, whoa, (laughs) like this guy's definitely going to be Darth Vader someday. (laughs) Yeah. And and you never get that from the movies. Like he just, it's just the switch flips where he's just like, you know, good old Anakin Skywalker. And then all of a sudden he's like, oh, I'm going to be a Sith now because I don't want my wife to die. It's like, come on. (laughs) Yeah. And I think part of the thing with this being animated and the difference between the prequels is like, Yes, you can use CGI in, you know, movies and everything. But when you have straight animation, I feel like that gives them a lot more to work with because they don't have to factor in, oh, if we CGI this with, you know, actual actors and actresses in it, is it going to look bad? Is it going, you know, when it's animated, it's all completely a made up world. And I think with something like Star Wars, that's really effective and i mean you could even argue that you know just the difference between the original trilogy and the prequels obviously technology improved a lot but i still think when you go look back at the original trilogy for the time they made that and what they had to work with it still stands up pretty well now i mean obviously the force awakens is like the epitome of being able to use technology in a Star Wars movie. And I just think the animated series gives it a much different feel. And it's sort of like you can just get completely lost in these characters because you're not seeing them as the actors and actresses who play them necessarily. I completely agree. I, I think that there's like a an element of suspension of disbelief, you know, where it all looks so seamless. You're just kind of invested into this world. You're not questioning, oh, is that real? Or where did that come from? And uh, when you're watching the Clone Wars, and, and that, that is something that I really enjoy. Cause, and I, I <laughs> again, not to hate on Rebels or anything, but I, I, re- I enjoy the animation of Clone Wars more than, than Rebels. It's, it's slightly different, slightly less, you know, the characters look a little bit less exaggerated, a little bit more human-like. Um, right. But uh, but yeah, yeah, and I, I totally agree with you too with the the original uh, trilogy. Um, I think because so much of it was done with practical effects and miniatures that it feels real in a way that the CG and the prequels didn't really achieve. And yeah. I thought I thought that was something they did really well with the Force Awakens was that they implemented a lot of you know practical effects, a lot of makeup, a lot of monster kind of stuff, puppets, um, uh, miniatures, that kind of stuff, and then you know took it to the next level with the CG rather than completely depending on the CG. I read, I read that when they shot the prequels that they actually had to, they only built the sets to go to about uh, head height of the average actor on set. And Liam Neeson was so tall that his head was peeking above the top of the set. So when he's walking down the hallways in the Jedi uh, temple, they had to CG in about like three feet above his head. And it cost like millions of dollars for every time uh, he had to do scenes. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's like at that point, just, you know, build it up five more feet and get over it. Just build it. Yeah, come on, man. (laughs) That would have been so much less money to add those extra five feet or whatever instead of trying to CG everything. I feel like that principle is pretty much what's wrong with the prequel uh, trilogy. <laughs> like it's it's the whole thing is just putting the cart before the horse, and you know, just I don't know. I I think Dave Filoni just really, uh, what a great person to entrust with the um, Clone Wars series because 
uh, he just really got it. He there's obvious love and care invested in all the characters. I I love how you even begin to empathize with some of the villains over the course of the series, and that really shows you know what a labor of love it was that they didn't make the villains these like mustache twirling doofuses like um, they did with uh, General Grievous in the prequel uh, films. That they, you know, they made you actually feel something for Asajj Ventress, you know. Uh, right. That you, you felt for Darth Maul. And um, I I don't know. It's like, I think that's a, a really unique experience. It, it, not even just in Star Wars films, but just in general, when you empathize with the villains, it it really makes the whole experience more engrossing. So I, I can't sing the praises high enough for this series. Yeah, and... I know you said you only watched the first season of Rebels, but if you ended up loving Ahsoka as much as I did by the end of The Clone Wars, I definitely recommend following through and watching the rest of Rebels. Because if I do remember correctly, the first season was a little rocky for me, but then yeah. it really started to get better as it's gone on. And I think because Dave Filoni is also working on Rebels, they obviously couldn't pick up right where the Clone Wars left off. Sure. But I think, you know, that first season was sort of him finding his footing with this new story to go about. And I think, you know, they've kind of found that and it's getting pretty good. Nice. Uh, I, I, I rewatched the, um, the run of episodes where, uh, where uh, Ahsoka is framed for murder and right. is expelled from the Jedi order and then goes on trial and, um, boy, I like started getting teared, teared up at the end when, um, you know, the Jedi council tries to get her to come back uh, yeah. to be a Je- Jedi knight and she turns them down and Anakin chases after her. And, you know, when they say their final goodbye, you know, he, he says, I understand, I understand wanting, you know, to leave the Jedi order more than, you know, and she says, I know like, and it's like, it kind of adds this subtext to the whole relationship over the course of the series. Cause they've been, she's been mentored by him for so long that she, you know, she wasn't as, I guess she was playing dumb a little bit about, you know, knowing what was going on in the background with his relationship with Padme and his kind of inner turmoil and, you know that so that that kind of like hits you hard and then you start thinking about dang this is the last time that they're gonna see each other as Anakin and Ahsoka like I'm yeah you know I'm assuming at this point that she confronts Darth Vader you know because why bring her on to Rebels if that doesn't happen right (laughs) But, but it's like it's like wow what a powerful thing and then I'm like oh my gosh I'm getting teary eyed at a cartoon (laughs) (laughs) oh Ahsoka (laughs) obviously with ahsoka she spent the most time with anakin even more so than padme or obi-wan did and it's like you know you understand how she knew all of these things and she also understood that it wasn't really her place to bring it up or say anything until anakin was willing to bring it up and i think the way they handled that relationship between the two was just so fantastic throughout the run and you know you see ahsoka kind of see him going off the rails knowing she can't do anything about it and then when you see her leave you're like oh and it's like seeing her leave in that moment and then picking up where rebel starts yeah you kind of get this picture of you know what happened in between And I think having that continuity without actually having to have episodes that shows it is why, you know, I think Rebels has been starting to get better and better. That's awesome. But what a 
what a testament to you know Filoni and the writers just that they don't they never had to spell out that subtext to us you know right and, and rather than you know it just seems like everything was done so heavy-handed in in the prequels and and even in a couple places in the uh original uh trilogy but but with this it was like damn like you know ahsoka has known this whole time she never preached to him never judged him you know like she's ah it's just it's really it's really cool and it says a lot about the jedi you know padawan relationship as well that they were you know that close and it's ah it's just staggering (laughs) yeah definitely and clone wars will definitely get someone completely engrossed into you know the star wars world if it's the first thing they watch especially you know they aired it on cartoon network so obviously it was geared more towards kids but like you and i watching it as adults it's like we probably got a lot of these little side things that not necessarily kids would get and i feel like you know they've been doing this a lot in cartoons forever there's always you know that little aspect that's meant for the adults to get who are watching this with their kids yeah. but then we're adults just watching this because it's star wars it has nothing to do with kids <laughs> at all and i think when you have a show like this i don't think there is an age limit on being able to enjoy it and i can kind of say the same thing about rebels but with this one more so just because you know we've now been able to see it as a completed work and or mostly completed as far as, you know, Cartoon Network would let them. But it's just so engrossing. And I know personally I've been getting into the books and the comic books and pretty much anything and everything Star Wars canon at the moment. And I don't know if you've been following along with those either, but I know the Obi-Wan and Anakin comic book that started in January. It's like starting to hit Marvel Unlimited. So I've gotten a few issues into it and i think that's going to be a nice little prequel even to the clone wars as it continues yeah the marvel's just been knocking the uh the new star wars comics out of the park like they they are so good the lando series was amazing (laughs) i i never thought that i would be so like i thought lando was cool like it's lando of course he's cool but I, I never thought like, boy, I would love to read a comic book series about this guy. And what a, it's just amazing. Like they, they are just firing on all cylinders, whatever brain trust is putting those comics together and the stories. It's like, it's so good. It makes me really excited to see uh Donald Glover play Lando, <laughs> but, but Dr. Aphra is getting her new, her own comic book. You know, who Aphra is right. Yeah. Yeah. Da, kind of Darth Vader's sidekick in his comic book series or yeah. sidekick. Exactly. She kind of facilitates his, his reign of terror um but it's it's awesome they've got you know it's they're expanding that whole comic book side of the universe and it's it it is just fascinating let i want to i don't know how how much time we have but i want to take it take us back for a second because i was i was just thinking about this when we were talking about you know ahsoka being aware of anakin's kind of forbidden relationship and love with um padme and another episode that i rewatched recently there's this character who appears uh, periodically throughout the prequels who's Satine. You remember Satine? Yes. Was, um, yeah. The, the woman that uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi always had this kind of, you know, it wasn't, it, it wasn't, it was like subtle how they, you know, showed it on the screen, but there was always yeah. chemistry and you kind of, uh, it was, it wasn't really said, but more implied that 
they had a history and at the when she dies she says i love you i've always loved you and it's like it's really heartbreaking and you realize that they had this they had this forbidden love as well and it made me kind of cringe a little bit that that wasn't something that was able to be you know mined um in obi-wan and anakin's relationship in the films or in the prequels that they they had more in common than anakin realized you know anakin didn't understand you know i don't think he ever realized how much Obi-Wan had been through what he'd been through, you know, struggling with that desire for that, you know, relationship and knowing that it was forbidden. And I wish that they could have gone there and talked about it. Yeah. And I think, you know, maybe the only problem with that is then if, you know, Obi-Wan kind of talks him down and and Anakin realizes, oh, hey, this is something other people have been through, too, then who knows, you know, maybe he never becomes Darth Vader if he has that point. conversation with That's Obi-Wan. That's a really great point. <laughs> I'm like, gosh, why couldn't why couldn't they have worked out their problems? <laughs> yeah, the only real consequence I can think of there, but it would be a pretty big one in terms of, you know, the rest <laughs> of the Star Wars universe. He's like, well, geez, maybe I won't become Darth Vader. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe this oh, isn't so bad. <laughs> I guess I guess a little unresolved conflict is good for Star Wars. <laughs> yeah. So do you think if they had the chance to sort of either go back and revisit the Clone Wars, do you think you would want them to? Or do you think even though it ended sort of abruptly that the way they were able to close it out was sufficient enough to where you're okay with, you know, maybe going and checking out the rest of Rebels to see how that turns out. I I was thinking about this, and I think that what a a really great thing would be is not necessarily for them to go back and revisit the Clone Wars, um, but for, uh, you know, because the Clone Wars series only uh, covers a three-year period in in the entire Star Wars canon. Three years. Right. uh, Between between, uh, Attack of the Clones and uh, Revenge of the Sith. So that's that's a very small amount of time, but I thought that the series was executed so well, and it was just so awesome. And and I love Star Wars mythology so much that I would love for them to tackle you know another kind of uh, tumultuous time period in the same fashion. Like I'd love to see a another hundred episode arc of them covering you know maybe the events leading up to the Force Awakens. I like something like that would be really cool. Yeah, and. This ended basically in 2014 when the final season was dropped on Netflix. And then obviously with Rebels being in its third season now, at least I think it's third. It could be second. I'm not sure on that, but I will check and correct myself if I'm wrong. But it's like basically third, third. Yeah. Basically, then Rebels started almost right after they had wrapped up with the Clone Wars. And I think, you know they jumped such a big time gap. I don't know how big exactly it is, but obviously, you know, when Ahsoka makes her appearance in Rebels, she's much older and obviously wiser than she was when, you know, we saw her as this Padawan who kind of did similar things to Anakin and how she didn't listen. And I think, you know, she's much more refined and everything in rebels. And I think she's the one piece that will keep people, you know, who really enjoyed the clone wars coming back to the rebel show to see 
you know, when she pops up in it, because, you know, obviously you've watched the first season season. She's not in every single episode. And it's really interesting to kind of see how things play out with this one character, especially because I know for me, at least by the end of Clone Wars, she definitely became probably my favorite character out of the whole series, even though I really enjoyed most of the characters in Clone Wars. And I think a lot of people felt that way about her character when Clone Wars ended. So it's like, you know, the ones who continued on and are still following, it's like, you know, she brings that one piece of excitement that they need to keep following along. Yeah, when I, when, I mean, I'm I'm aware that, you know, because it was just blew up on the internet, but that, she, you know, obviously she confronts Vader in this last season. But when I found out that that was happening, I was like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to go get caught up and watch it. Like, I'm gonna, <laughs> I've got it on my, on my plan to watch season two. And then this season, just because I, uh, you know, I, that's like, I just can't even imagine. Like I, my imagination's just running wild at like what an emotionally charged, crazy thing that is. And like, is you know, is Anakin still in there underneath that mask? You know, obviously he doesn't really get redeemed until um, Luke confronts him on right. the uh, second Death Star. But, you know, to to kind of see even a hint at, you know, his humanity underneath the mask, uh, you know, in being approached by Ahsoka, I think that I mean, I'm, I'm really, really excited to see that. <laughs> I, yeah. This is so geeky. I love it. <laughs> That's definitely the whole point of this podcast. And, you know, (laughs) next episode, I actually will be talking about Star Wars Rebels more in depth. But I just do want to say that, you know, she's not the only Clone Wars character who comes back. Because obviously, as you know, she faces off with Darth Vader, who is Anakin. And like you said, as soon as you know Ahsoka comes back into Rebels, it's kind of a given that that scene specifically is going to happen. But there's still, you know, little bits and pieces you're getting from the Clone Wars. And I think, you know, that's really what Dave Filoni is great at when he picks out these little details and brings them over, even though, you know, it's, you know, 15, 20 years later, whatever it is, you know. And it's just crazy to see. I know you said there's obviously a little bit of difference in the animation and one was on Cartoon Network and this is now Disney Disney XD, which I think it's like not their regular channel. It's kind of like an offshoot channel that I didn't even know existed until I started watching Star Wars Rebels. And then I was like, oh, wow, look at how bad all the children commercials are, (laughs) you know? (laughs) So I think it's just great that they were able to keep, especially Dave Filoni on for both series, because I think he did such a great job with the Clone Wars that it's like oh, yeah. you kind of can't do anything animated without him at this point. I feel like that would be a huge disservice not only to him but to all of the Star Wars fans. Well, yeah, I mean, I think I feel like what we have in Filoni is somebody who gets what Star Wars could be, you know, like what it is in our imaginations. You know, we were all I think collectively disappointed even people that you know have respect for the prequel trilogy have to admit you know there was a collective disappointment out there in the series being so mishandled at that point. Um, and this, you know, this guy obviously cradled and kind of nurtured this idea of what the star Wars universe is supposed to be with the, the clone Wars series. So, I mean, I, 
man, I will follow that guy to whatever project he does from now on. <laughs> He's awesome. Yeah. You mentioned that there's some, some characters coming back from Clone Wars into um, Rebels. And that, that reminded me, um, this character from Clone Wars is going to be appearing in Rogue One. Okay. Saw Gerrera. So yeah, that's, yeah, yeah. It's Forrest Whitaker's character, and he's playing Saw Gerrera. And, um, you know, there there was a, a you know a story arc where I, I believe it was him and his sister were leading uh, a rebellion against the uh, the Separatists, right. and the Jedi were kind of trading that training them to be freedom fighters. And it's a you know it's a great it's a great run and stuff. But what was intriguing to me was that wow, so we can get these Clone Wars characters that will actually show up in physical form in a in a you know the standalone star wars movies now and that's like that opens up a whole world like I, i'm just like wondering if we're ever gonna see like you know asajj ventress like played right. by an actress out there you know <laughs> yeah definitely and i do remember seeing that as well and i was like oh yeah he's that guy from clone wars yeah. and it's just really cool how this animated series had such a big influence especially with a character like saul who's not really a main character and they still managed to find a place for him in a movie like rogue one and you know i think this is really sort of the new era for star wars i know a lot of people probably thought it was the force awakens because that's the most recent live action movie but i think when this started in 2008 it's like it was almost a fresh start yeah. Instead of the prequels. And I think, you know, ever since this show started airing, it's like, okay, they've been running through all of these ideas. And like you mentioned, they do little runs. You don't really have too many standalone episodes, I would say. It's like you get three or four episodes in a row that are about the same thing. Yes. And I think that really helps with the story building. It's not like, you know, some of these TV shows we get where it's kind of like a law and order SVU type thing where it's, you know, a different thing each week and you only have these little storylines on the side. I think the way they did this, yeah, the way they did this really led up to that storytelling and they were able to build up these characters in a much better way. Well, I get, I get chills watching that Rogue One trailer now when, you know, Forrest Whitaker is like, what will you do? And I'm like, <laughs> I'm just thinking about this, like, grizzled guy who's been a freedom fighter for, you know, all of his life. You know, before he was fighting against the Separatists, now he's fighting against the Empire. And it's like, you know, and just thinking about that, this weathered guy who was like this kind of young, scrappy, good-looking leader when he started. And now he's like all old and beat from just fighting the good fight for so long. And, and it just, it, I was like... It, like really the the Clone Wars series is kind of like Weezer's Pinkerton record where it was like unceremoniously dumped you know it's like oh we're just gonna scrap it drop the last season onto Netflix but it, it really was like the genesis of this new generation of Star Wars love like and I, right. I feel like dropping Saw Gerrera's character into Rogue One is kind of a tip of the hat to that because I know that the new the new you know kind of people administrating Lucasfilm uh, hold Filoni in a very high regard, and they they realize how beloved he is by the fans, and and it's it's I don't know, it's really cool that they get it, that they get that man. We really really nailed the Clone Wars series. We got to like hold, keep doing this. <laughs> yeah, and for me with the Clone Wars series, it's like 
you know, even though I watched it after The Force Awakens, that didn't really bother me at all. Or even after I started watching Rebels, because like you said, the way you and I both binge watched it, it's like you just get so lost in the Clone Wars for, you know, a month or if you take a little longer, two months, whatever. And it sort of just kind of revives all of your feelings for Star Wars. And you can just sort of build off of that now with Rebels being back in its third season right now and you know for me it's like i was watching that when rebels was in between seasons so it's like you know i i saw these things happening in rebels and i was like okay i'm a little confused but not too confused so i'll just go you know binge watch the clone wars and it filled in so much more than i was expecting it to and you know like i said it wasn't released like something like Law and Order SVU, which, you know, that's to- those shows are totally fine. They have their place. And <laughs> personally, I enjoy a lot of shows like that. But with something like Star Wars, I feel like you can't do the, like, one bad guy a week sort of thing like they've Mo- been doing. Monster of the week, yeah. Yeah, and the- because, like you said, Clone Wars only takes place in a three-year period. And you have these guys who come back over and over again trying to defeat the Jedi, like General Grievous and, you know, all of these Darth whoever's. And it's (laughs) fun for the fans when you get to see these characters, these villains come back over and over again, and they're not showing them in the same light or they're not having, you know, the same fight over and over and over again. It's always slightly different. Yeah, it's it's not like Megatron and the Decepticons showing up every week on Transformers and like, we're going to steal the Energon and blow up the Earth and then the Autobots save the day and then they just show up and do it again next week. <laughs> like this is, it's super serialized and it's 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 a lot more enriching that way, I think, like because just the relationships you build with the characters is so much deeper. There are, there are a handful of episodes and two episode arcs that are like just complete fluff throughout the series where I'm like, what is like there's like there's a couple that are like very um who's that fucking gungan um you know I'm really so, jar jar binks yes jar jar <laughs> how pur- can we forget jar jar i purged his name from my memory there's a couple like you know single episodes and you know dub- double episode arcs with jar jar and and there's a few other times throughout the series that are just like completely like if you would if you excised those from the series and got rid of them it, you wouldn't even notice because they didn't really achieve anything and uh the, the, those are a little bit hard to stomach at times. <laughs> yeah. But, but there's only a handful of them. There's very little fat on the series. <laughs> yeah, and, you know, the series was around 120, 121 episodes, something like that. So, you yeah. know, if you only get a few of those episodes, to me, that's still extremely successful because how many times do you hear nerds like us saying about the live-action comic book shows like, oh, it should have only been, you know, 15 yes. episodes, not 20 episodes this season or whatever. Or even with, you know, these Netflix shows that Marvel is doing, you know, I Ugh. think they're all 13 episode seasons. And some people are like, you guys could have just done eight or 10 episodes. That's right. Cut them down, cut them down to eight and they're perfect. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, at least with Netflix, with the way you binge watch those series more often than not. It's like, it all kind of blends together anyway. And you can't even really tell you just watch 13 episodes. You're just like, I just watched a very, very, very long movie. (laughs) 
there's yeah there's if we're, i don't want to get too off topic but like there's there's some times where i'm like watching like I, I just watched luke cage which which i loved i thought it was great but there's like yeah it it's like the same thing that happened in the first season of daredevil and the first season of jessica jones where like right around episode eight or nine i'm like is this over soon like yeah <laughs> it's kind of you know like do i really need to see an episode that's all about this like ancillary character like it's like i don't know but yeah i mean of course clone wars is going to go into that a little bit but I, I think that it got a lot leaner and meaner as it goes along, though, where there's there's a lot of stuff that happens that's just kind of, you know, not necessarily essential to canon, you know, in the first couple seasons. And then as it gets closer and closer to the end and the pace is picking up and the stakes are, you know, getting bigger and bigger, um, it, it's they were just, just nailing it over and over and over again with the, you know, yeah, the whole arc about the, the clone troopers chips, you know, for Order 66 and uh ahsoka's uh you know whole arc leaving the jedi order and then especially yoda's last arc where he goes um to you know find you know how come i'm hearing qui-gon Jinn's voice in my head and right. he's, he's kind of out there exploring like hold on a second so this isn't it when we die and you know how do, how do you manifest your consciousness through the force and 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 he learns so much that you know has implications that reverberate you know even into the new movies and i think in that we're going to see that kind of resonate into the force awakens, honestly. Yeah. And one other thing I want to point out about clone wars is, you know, they didn't necessarily have these big name actors and actresses voicing these characters. I know in rebels, they sort of went more big name. Like they have Freddie Prince jr. As (laughs) Kanan and, you know, he's not your typical voice actor, but for the clone wars, they have actors and actresses who have, pretty much specifically only done voice work yeah and you know the the guy who plays anakin or voices anakin matt lanter now he's on an actual like live action tv show i believe he's on that timeless show which is like a non-comic book time traveling show (laughs) so that's he's on that show yeah oh my gosh i've been watching that show i i didn't know that was him (laughs) <laughs> yeah, because I, I clicked on him on IMDb and I was like, oh, he's that dude I see in all those commercials for that time traveling show. Are but yeah, kidding? so he he plays Wyatt Logan. Yeah. Yeah. He's such a good voice actor. I can't even believe that. Like, yeah, he, he he imbued Anakin with so much, you know, humanity over the course of that series where it's like you really uh, I'm I really struck by like a profound sense of loss that Anakin turns to the dark side and what could have been and you know, just because you end up caring about the character so much, which is not how I felt after seeing the prequel trilogy. (laughs) Yeah. And, and, you know, it's funny because it's like, you know, you didn't realize it was the same guy and you've been watching timeless. And for me going to high school with Taylor gray and now him voicing Ezra, because (laughs) I don't see his face. I'm like, is that actually him? (laughs) Like, it's still so weird to me. And, you know, we weren't super close friends or anything. It's just like, we had a couple of classes together here and there. And I, I watch rebels still. And I'm like, this is still so weird. Cause it's like, I know it's his voice, but to me, it's like, it doesn't really feel like it's him. (laughs) And then, (laughs) you know, it's like, he'll do some acting in other shows and it's not voice acting. And I'm like, no, I guess it is. Him, you know? <laughs> uh, well, that's good to know. I'm I'm going to have a, see that guy in a different light now while I'm watching that show. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to be like, 
darn you, Anakin. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, Anakin, why did why didn't you talk to Obi Wan about this and work it out instead of becoming <laughs> Darth Vader? <laughs> Yeah, and I've noticed in that show, you know, they've made little jokes towards other shows. I think in one of the commercials, they were like, yeah, we're so-and-so from General Hospital. So it would be hilarious if they put in a Star Wars joke in there. I think, you know, if that happens, let me know and I will watch that episode. (laughs) That's funny. Yeah, it is funny because there is that whole world of voice actors where you like – you know like to me it's like kevin conroy's batman like he's right he's he'll always be batman to me like that's the voice of batman that's like he just nails it although i didn't see the the new uh killing joke cartoon because it looks and i hear it's terrible <laughs> it yeah it's pretty bad it's like they just <laughs> completely went to an unnecessary level for it and uh. i will definitely stick with the comic book in the future <laughs> i loved the comic book when i was a kid like I've just seen little memes online of like Batman having sex with Batgirl and I'm like come on yeah (laughs) I'm like that didn't happen (laughs) you're like no that's not how this goes that's like that's like the opposite of the Bechdel test you know yeah (laughs) like it's like this is exactly what you're not supposed to do with a strong female character like make it (laughs) so that she just wants to bang her mentor it's like what (laughs) yeah Oh, yeah it was pretty bad so definitely you're on the right side of this by not watching it it'll save <laughs> oh. you like an hour and a half of your life <laughs> odc comics if i could have all the hour and a half back of my life for all their movies recently <laughs> yeah i still haven't watched suicide squad but you know we have rogue one coming up so hopefully that will make up for some of the bad movies we've seen this year <laughs> there you go dr strange come, uh, is out today so i want to I go see that yeah, I definitely need to go see that too. But do you have any final thoughts on Clone Wars? Obviously, you and I both love the series and <laughs> you know, it it's nicely timed so that we're talking about this this episode and then next episode I will be talking with the Star Wars master of knowledge Jacob Tender all about <laughs> yes. Star Wars Rebels. So I think you know, it's really cool to just kind of tie these two things together and I feel like had I done it to where we did Clone Wars and then I did different topics and then did Rebels, I'm not sure it would have the same effect that I'm hoping we get with the episodes back to back. No, I think it's it's just a good a good space to inhabit. And I think that they, you know, even, even though Rebels is quite a bit different, I think they are spiritual cousins and... I think I'm I'm excited to hear your guys' next episode. Now I, I I was really happy you asked me to do this podcast with you. This has been fun and I just I absolutely adore the Clone Wars and um it's I don't know. I just have such a passion for it and it's yeah. it's nice to geek out with a fellow uh, Clone Wars fan. <laughs> yeah. Well, how about we make a deal? We will both go see rogue one in december and we can pick up with that you know after the holidays and do an episode on that that sounds awesome (laughs) perfect gotta get as many of these planned as i can ahead of time (laughs) there you go (laughs) well thank you bobby for coming on and to our listeners thank you for listening like you guys always do and enjoy the rest of your day may the force be with you (laughs) 